At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Philadelphia City Cast with Ryan Rothstein, presented by Bet Rivers. Just an absolute embarrassing, pathetic, unacceptable showing last night from the 76ers at home in front of a sold out, jumping crowd, ready to absolutely party and break the, you know, bring the house down to help get that 76ers team a W. And it's just, it's absolutely. Really, it's it's incomprehensible. Is that a word? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Okay, let's go with it. It's incomprehensible how that team just no-called, no-showed. How does that happen? And I was at the game last night, game six at the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. I took my little sister for a graduation present. She's graduating college actually later today. Congrats, Rock. And the first half, it was a, it was actually a game. It was a great game. It was a close game. Back and forth, intense. Sixers come out to start the third quarter, and they didn't really, they never really came back out of the locker room. The Miami Heat kept the pressure on, kept the intensity up, their energy level up, their urgency up, and all of a sudden it was a six-point lead, an eight-point lead, a ten-point lead. Coach Rivers calls timeout, come back, comes back out. Next thing you know, it's a 13-point lead, a 15-point lead, an 18-point lead, and it's over. The Sixers were throwing the ball all over the gym. They couldn't get into any type of offensive rhythm. They couldn't even run a play on offense. I, I, a couple of times, I saw Joel Embiid have his hands up, like both his hands in the air, looking at Rivers like, what are we doing? What, what's the plan here? 
A couple of times he had the ball at the top of the key. He was getting doubled and triple teamed. He would pass it off to the wing and he would put his hands up again, looking at all his other four teammates on the floor like, what are you guys doing? Do you want to run a play? Do you want to do something? And now the conversations that are being had today between Sixers fans everywhere, whether it's Sixers Twitter or an actual real life, all right, on WIP, in the streets of Philadelphia, uh, everywhere and anywhere, the conversations are abundant. And it's a long list from debating on keeping James Harden and giving James Harden an extension from how the hell did we ever let Jimmy Butler go? From blaming Daryl Morey, from blaming Glenn Rivers, from looking at Ben Simmons, from looking at Sam Hinkie, and was the process a success or failure? That's another debate being had today. And Colangelo ruining the team. And Brett Brown, uh, when he stepped in as interim GM and president of basketball operations, how he ruined the team by trading away Mikel Bridges on draft day for Zaire Smith, who a lot of you might not even know if you're not a diehard Sixers fans. Uh, Smith drives Uber now, okay? I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And I can go on and on and on. All right. And I will say this, like Joel Embiid had comments after the game last night. One of them included, I still can't believe we ever let Jimmy Butler go. You can't believe it, Embiid. All right. And this isn't the lead story here. And I'm starting with this for a second. And I'm not trying to crush Joel Embiid. I will defend Joel Embiid. I, I am not going to be critical at all of his performance in this series. That's completely absurd and unfair. And I'll get to some other players' performances or lack thereof in a minute. But the one thing I'll be critical of about Joel Embiid is now all of a sudden he's just shocked on Twitter at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. I use the word befuddled. Joel Embiid now is acting all befuddled about how he can't believe they let Joel, uh, Joel Embiid, they let Jimmy Butler go. Dude, give me a break. You were in the middle of that, all right? You knew Jimmy Butler had a, a little bit of a beef with Brett Brown. You knew Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons did not get along. And I'm not necessarily blaming Joel Embiid for Jimmy Butler walking. That's completely, that's completely unfair. But... You could have done something, Joel, right? Don't, don't give me this stars have no impact on roster moves and roster decisions. If you wanted to, at the time when Ben Simmons was actually still a basketball player playing games in the NBA, you could have gone to ownership, gone to management, and said, you have to keep Joe, uh, Jimmy Butler. I'm choosing Butler over Ben Simmons. And if you don't choose Butler, I want out. Is that aggressive? Is that maybe over the top and too much at the time? Maybe. But guess what? Would it have worked? Probably. Instead, you kept your mouth shut. And you, you decided to not decide. So now, after Jimmy Butler is finished embarrassing you and giving you another second-round elimination in the playoffs... Now you come out and speak on Jimmy Butler's time in Philadelphia, dude? I don't want to hear it. 
Yeah, the organization made a mistake. Ownership made a mistake. Whatever. The team chose Ben Simmons and Brett Brown over Jimmy Butler. And there's other pieces to this puzzle as well. The team also let Jimmy Butler go. And it wasn't even just choosing Ben Simmons and Brett Brown, the coach at the time. They also decided to extend Tobias Harris and give him a monster max contract, $185 million plus. At the time, he was a top five paid player in the league that year. I remember it was the bubble year. I remember looking at highest paid players in the playoffs. Tobias Harris was like third on that list behind, I think, Chris Paul and LeBron James. So that contract was a joke. And I love Tobias, the person. And I, I'll tell you what, he impressed the hell out of me for the most part this year in the postseason stepping up. For the first time as a Philadelphia 76er, I felt like we could rely on Tobias Harris. And he was an actual threat to score the ball in a variety of ways. Not really every single game, but he was a big-time uh, player in a couple couple spots against Toronto in the first round. Uh, he stepped up in Joel Embiid's absence despite the team not being able to get a win. So Tobias impressed me, okay? I can compliment him a little bit too, but that was an idiotic decision to give Tobias that contract. And then, with the benefit of hindsight, the team gave Al Horford $100 million dollars. And Al Horford couldn't play basketball here in Philadelphia. He's a Hall of Famer when he wears a Boston Celtics jersey, which is absolutely mind-boggling, okay? But the, the Horford contract was terrible. The Tobias Harris contract was terrible. Choosing Brett Brown and Ben Simmons in hindsight, that was terrible. I mean, there's a million different ways to look at this, but this team and organization is an absolute mess. And... There's a lot of conversations now about how the organization is flawed and the organization is a joke and how Rivers needs to go and, and the roster sucks and this and that. The one thing I will not bash is, is Daryl Morey. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do it. If you don't like James Harden, if you disagree with him trading for James Harden, that's you're right. I'll respect uh, your opinion, and I'll, and we'll agree to disagree. Daryl Morey is the one thing that I'm clinging on to as it relates to the 76ers for hope because Daryl Morey has one of the toughest jobs in NBA history right now since he accepted the gig here in Philadelphia as president of operations. He has been, since day one on this job, for the 76ers, Daryl Morey has just been picking up the pieces and cleaning up the mess. All right. He's like a parent that comes home from a weekend getaway and the kid threw an absolute banger party. The whole high school came to your house and your and your house is just absolutely trashed. Daryl Morey is the parent picking up red solo cups and rehanging picture frames uh, and wiping down the the uh dinner table where the kids were playing beer pong, okay? That's Daryl Morey right now. So don't give me Daryl Morey is screwing things up. He screwed things up or he will screw things up. He has quite literally turned garbage into gold, as the old play-by-play -play announcer Mark Zumoff would say. He was able to get rid of Josh Richardson and that crappy contract and basically turn it into Seth Curry, 
who was unbelievable for the Sixers. He got rid of the Al Horford contract somehow, trading him to Oklahoma City for picks, and then they obviously ended up trading him to Boston, but that doesn't matter for us. So I, in Daryl Morey, I still trust. In Rivers, I do not trust. Let's get to him for a second. We're starting this episode off just with a, a good old-fashioned rant, baby. We'll get into some betting talk, I promise. We'll talk some Phillies and the upcoming games in, this, in their series against the Dodgers. We'll get into some Eagles talk as well. Their schedule is out. Rivers, after the game last night, he was asked about his coaching performance. I, I, I forget the exact question. But Rivers basically went on to say, I did a damn good job here. All right, if you want to write about me not being a good coach or me doing a crappy job, go ahead and write about it. But I did a damn good job. And when I first got here, this is Rivers talking, and I quote, when I first got here, no one picked us to, to win anything. Let me stop the quote right there. I'm sorry, what, sir? How stupid are you? How stupid are you? Brett Brown who was initially brought in to intentionally lose games. Brett Brown got this team to 50-plus wins. Brett Brown got this team to the second round. You haven't done any better. Why were you brought in, Rivers, Glenn? You were brought in to deliver a championship. You were brought in because there are championship expectations. The window of opportunity to win was allegedly now. Now we can say in the past. All right, ownership came out and said it before the season started. For multiple years, by the, by the way, mind you. Before this season and before last season, the window of opportunity is now. Joel Embiid is an MVP. He's in his young prime. The East is wide open. Now is the time. Let's go get a championship veteran, well-respected coach from the players in the league in here to help us get to the next level. The 76ers were picked and expected, Mr. Rivers, to at least come out of the Eastern Conference. You have massively underachieved. You have been massively underwhelming. I'm sick of Rivers and his comments to the city, to the fans, and to the media. It's all about Rivers. He never accepts blame. He is never accountable. He never holds himself responsible. He'll say, oh, I got to do a better job. Like, he'll throw in that BS standard coach speak talk. But when it comes down to questions about decisions he made or decisions he decided not to make or his team's overall performance, man, I mean, he is just flawless. He is perfect. He is the only coach and person in human history to be perfect. I'm so sick and tired of him belittling us, talking down to us, acting better than us, never holding himself or his team accountable. And it is time that Rivers goes. I want and I demand a decision to be made on Rivers and his time being up here in Philadelphia immediately. Immediately that dude needs to go. And I'm not sitting here saying, I will say this too. I'll bash the hell out of Glenn Rivers, but I'm not going to sit here and say he's the reason and he's the problem and just simply moving on from Rivers will solve this team's 
long list of issues, not even close, my friend, not even close. I do not want to be Daryl Morey. I defended him a couple minutes ago. He does have a tough decision on James Harden and if he should give him $50 billion or not and extend his contract uh, now that he's no longer in the prime of his career. You have to try and trade Tobias Harris. Who the hell wants his contract? And if a team does want Tobias Harris in that contract, are they going to be offering you something in return that you even would be willing to accept? I don't know. It's not going to be easy. This roster sucks. All right, if you're not named Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey, you stink. I mean, let's just call it what it is, right? They have no bench. I called Matisse Thibel last night, Ben Simmons Jr. The guy is just a flat-out liability. He can't make a layup. He doesn't want to make a layup. He can't make a three. He's a complete liability on offense, and I'm sick and tired of hearing about how great of a defender he is. You can't play the dude. When games actually matter, Matisse Thibel cannot be on the floor. I like Niang as like a third or fourth guy off the bench on a championship team. But you need a lot more than Niang coming off the bench. You need more shooters. You need more scorers. You need a backup to Joel Embiid. You need a lot of things right now in Philadelphia before we should even talk about them getting past the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. This organization is an embarrassment right now. And Daryl Morey, the only person I trust, is our only hope. You can look all the way back to the process, and I'm not going to get into was it a success, was it a failure. Everyone has their own opinion, and, and everyone defines the process a little bit differently. The league forced Sam Hinkie out before he was finished his process. They forced Colangelo and the Colangelo family onto the 76ers organization where Colangelo absolutely botched multiple decisions. Could have had Jason Tatum. You end up getting Markel Fultz. Colangelo and the burner accounts, that blew up to be a massive story. You give Brett Brown the interim front office position. Brett Brown drafts Mikhail Bridges, who is absolutely bawling out right now for the Phoenix Suns. Trades him that same day for Zaire Smith, as I brought that name up earlier in my rant, who is now not even in the NBA. So you look at decisions that these important individuals made over the years who are now no longer even with the damn organization that completely led to the disaster that we now have in front of us. The list can just go on and on and on. From the process to Colangelo to Elton Brand being a terrible GM to Brett Brown being a terrible interim GM. What this team has is a unicorn, top five player, MVP-worthy player in Joel Embiid, who is injury-prone, who's tough to build a team around, and a bunch of guys. A guy in Tobias Harris, who's a, a good player, not an all-star, an aging vet in James Harden, 
you have a young piece of gold in Tyrese Maxey. That's about it. Then you have a ton of holes to try and plug in. It's like Whack-A-Bear, the boardwalk game. As soon as you whack one, another one pops up. All right, Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. I had to start this episode with a rant. And I figured I'll finish it around the 20-minute mark. I could go on, as you can probably tell, for about two more hours. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're available on all of your podcast platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, <laughs> Google Pods. See, I'm getting all choked up. And you can give me a follow, as I mentioned, at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. We will switch away from the 76ers and my ranting and whining. And we will get into some betting talk here. We'll talk some Phillies. And I do want to mention the Eagles and bring up their odds and schedule for a couple minutes before we get out of here on this Friday edition. So much more here still ahead. All right, let's get to some positives, shall we? All right, come on, Ryan. Let's cheer up a little bit here. You know, Thursday night after being disappointed watching your 76ers, maybe you flipped over and watched the Phillies, which at the time before the Phillies started, you're saying this is cruel and unusual punishment. Why do I enjoy torturing myself as a fan? Phillies now have to go and face the Dodgers out in L.A. But the Phillies got the win. Phillies right now are 15 and 17 on the season. Still a lot of work to do. How about Bryce Harper? Let's start with him for a second before I give you the odds for uh, the game later tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern Phillies and Dodgers. 23 straight games now, Bryce Harper in the DH spot. Hasn't played the field in 23 games. He's hitting 319 with six home runs, 15 ribbies, and a nine. 67 OPS in those 23 games as a designated hitter. Not too shabby. Bryce Harper uh, will be receiving a plasma injection Sunday to help manage and treat that tear in his arm in a ligament. I believe I heard a Tommy John type of potential injury. But he will continue to DH and will continue to, uh, you know, avoid playing the field for at least another month. That is what is being reported. And the Phillies do get the win after almost blowing another 7-1 lead for the second time in about a week. But they avoided it. All right, the Phillies got a 7-1 lead. They blew it. And then they came back in the top of the ninth inning. Udubel Herrera bunt it for a hit. Hoskins singled. Alec Baum drew a walk. Bases were loaded for Harper. Wild pitch. Tie-breaking uh, tie run scored. Harper then drove in his third run of the game with a sack fly. And Corey Kniebel ended up uh, you know, protecting that lead for his seventh save in eight tries. Harper earlier in the game before that sack fly in the top of the ninth hit a home run, and also had an RBI double. So a huge night from Harper out in L.A. to start the uh, four-game series against the Dodgers. Phillies get the first game. Three more still ahead. Phillies now are 3-1 and one on this West Coast trip. They were able to take two of three in their three-game series out in Seattle against the Mariners. And now they get the win in game one against 
the Dodgers. Hoskins has been hitting the ball much better as well. So there are some positive signs that we're starting to get glimpses of with this Phillies team. We all know the potential they have on offense with this lineup when healthy. As good as anyone, offensively. <laughs> but can they start to piece these other things together? Can they get some consistency from the bullpen? Alvarado came in uh, after Wheeler went five and a thirds inning la uh, last night. Solid night from Wheeler. You bring in Alvarado, and he just gets absolutely shelled. He's a huge reason why the Phillies blew that 7-1 lead. Kniebel eventually is able to come in as the closer after the Phillies regain the lead and hold on to it. So that's one positive. Alvarado's a concern. Not just him, but just he's a part of the inconsistency issue, I should say. So we'll get into it. Let's look at the odds for this Phillies-Dodgers game. 10-10 uh, Eastern time in L.A. on Friday night. The Phillies are plus 185 on the money line. The Dodgers minus 225. Run line, Phillies getting one and a half on the run line, minus 114. Dodgers laying the one and a half, priced at minus 108. The total set at eight runs with the over priced at minus 104. And the under priced at minus 115. You look at the updated odds to win the division, the NL East. The New York Mets are still the heavy favorite at minus 200. The Atlanta Braves are plus 250. Phillies are plus 900, still at 9 to 1. Marlins are 20 to 1. Washington Nationals, 300 to 1. And you look at the standings, the Mets cruising right now. Although they're just 6 and 4 in their last 10, but they're 22 and 11 overall. Then you have the Phillies currently in second at 15 and 17, tied with the Atlanta Braves, who are also 15 and 17. Marlins, 14 and 17, and the Nationals, 11 and 22. So Philly's just six and a half back of the Mets. Same with the Atlanta Braves, who are also six and a half back with the same record as the Phillies. Phillies have this uh, tiebreaker at the moment very early on in the season. So is nine to one a good enough number right now for the Phillies to win the division? We can talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll look at the rest of this series between the Phillies and the Dodgers. Uh, and then I'll give you my best bets for both this game and the upcoming games for your Philadelphia Phillies. And I still do want to get into um, the Eagles schedule because that has been released. We'll look at some of the numbers in the futures market of the NFL, although not much movement since the last time we uh, brought that to the table here. Earlier this week, we uh, gave out some of the updated odds and numbers at the wagering menu at Bet Rivers for NFL slash Eagles. So uh, we'll revisit that. We'll look at the schedule and we'll give you some betting picks for the Phillies for both Friday and this upcoming weekend. And speaking of the weekend, it's a long ball weekend at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, and you can win a $25 free bet whether your players go deep or punch out. In order to earn the free bet, place a $25 bet on any player to hit a home run in each game of this weekend's Yankees White Sox series. You must make the home run bet in all three games of the series in order to earn the free bet. 
Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Will the wind blow out on the south side this weekend? Make your bets today on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. It's presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. All right, the Eagles' schedule is out. The entire schedule, posted and available. Uh, as far as the betting numbers and what's available at Bet River Sportsbook here in PA, uh, the spread is out for their first two games. And I'll get to that after I run through the schedule here uh, as quickly as I can. So here's the Eagles' schedule, all 17 games. Opening game. Week one at Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. start. Uh, I'll just list the spread. It's it's posted right now for week one and two, as I mentioned. The Eagles right now at Bet Rivers, a three and a half point road favorite against Detroit. Week two, Monday night game at home. The home opener starts on national TV at night, 8.30 p.m., Monday night. The Eagles are two-and-a-half-point home favorite right now at Bet Rivers against the Vikings. Week three, they take on their old buddy, Carson Wentz, for the first time in a commander's uniform. That game's at 1 p.m., then at home against Jacksonville, 1 p.m., then on the road in Arizona taking on the Cardinals, 4.25 p.m. Eastern time. Back at home against the Dallas Cowboys for a Sunday night game at 8.20 p.m. They're at home the following week against the Pittsburgh Steelers at 1 p.m. Then they travel down to Houston, Texas, taking on the Texans. That's a Thursday night game at 8.15 p.m. Then they come back home to take on the Commanders and Carson Wentz for a Monday night showdown. Then they go out to Indy, take on the Colts at 1 p.m. Then they're back home. Uh, welcoming in Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for a Sunday night game at 8.20 p.m. The next week they're at home. A.J. Brown goes up against his old team, the Tennessee Titans, at 1 p.m. Travel to the Meadowlands, taking on the Giants at 1 p.m. Travel to Chicago to take on the Bears at 1 p.m. Travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys at 4.25 p.m. Back home against the Saints at 1 p.m. And the season finale against the New York Giants at home. And the time is to be determined. That also de always depends on, you know, the standings, what other games matter. Uh, it could get flexed out to a national uh, TV slot. It could get flexed to 1 p.m., 4 p.m. You know, obviously we don't know until uh, that time comes. So that's the schedule. And, you know, everyone loves to play God this time of year. I say that tongue-in-cheek because everyone loves to do the, all right, let's go through the schedule. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. That's fun. We can play that game, but you never win that game, right? Because you just, however you think these teams are going to be in the upcoming year, it's always different, right? You always have games that you expect to win, turn out to be a loss, vice versa, uh, so, you know, we shall see. Certainly not the easiest schedule in the world. I will say this. I was a little bit surprised, and, you know, I'm fine with it. I'm happy. But I am a little bit surprised at how many nationally televised games the Eagles have this year. They have one, two, three, four, five of their 17 games will be at night on national TV. Pretty cool. Don't hate it. Uh, obviously, the Thursday night game, 
middle of the schedule. That's their one Thursday night game in Houston against the Texans. Uh, that will be coming off a game against the Steelers. Their bye week is after the Cowboys at home on Sunday night. The next week is a bye, and then they're at home coming back from the bye against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's a nice little break. I, I, I like when their bye is. It's in week one, two, three, four, five, six. It's in week seven. So the bye comes almost exactly in the middle of the schedule. Uh, and they're at home right before the bye. And then they're at home coming back from the bye. So I love how that ended up panning out for the Eagles. That's all good. We have plenty of time to break down this Eagles schedule uh, all summer long. And trust me, we'll do exactly that. Let's look at some of the updating, updated betting odds at BetRivers Sportsbook. Uh, like I said, really nothing has changed from the last time we discussed this earlier in the week. But Eagles to come out of the NFC 15-1. to 1. Uh, You look at the Eagles odds in the NFC least. Although I don't think it's going to be as crappy as, the, as it has been uh, division-wise this season. We shall see. Uh, Cowboys are the favorite at plus 110. Eagles next, still at plus 220. The Commanders at 5-1. to one, And the New York Giants at plus, uh, plus 650. You look at the win total. Wow, how about this? It's up to 9.5 games. That is a change. Earlier in the week, I talked about it moving from eight and a half to nine. And now, just like that, uh, in just two or three days, it goes from nine wins to nine and a half. Eagles over nine and a half, priced at minus 121. Eagles under nine and a half, priced at even money at plus 100. To make the playoffs, those odds still remain the same. Yes, minus 110. No, minus 110. Wow. I, I Right now, very early, Betting pick on the Eagles win total, I have to go under nine and a half wins at even money. But that is interesting. We have seen some more movement as far as the Eagles win total at Bet Rivers up an entire game in just a couple of weeks from eight and a half all the way up to nine and a half today, uh, Friday, as we approach noon Eastern time uh, on May 13th. All right, Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein. Uh, we will wrap up the episode with a final thought on the Phillies and give out a betting pick for the game Friday night. All right, so I appreciate everyone, as always, for tuning in to another episode of the Philadelphia CityCast. Hope you enjoyed my rant <laughs> to start this episode on this frustrating Friday. I shall call it. And Phillies get a win in game one of their four-game series out in L.A. against the Dodgers. A nice win. Uh, take the lead early. Get it up to 7-1. And then they almost blow it. But Harper sort of saves the day in the top of the ninth. And they close him out and get the win. Uh, and now, game two Friday night, the, uh, the Phillies are rewarded with Clayton Kershaw. How about that? How lucky are they uh, Kershaw is looking like the Cy Young that he is uh, he's allowed one run or fewer in four of his five starts this season he's pitched two shutouts not full game but you know uh, his last outing for example was against the Chicago Cubs he went seven innings 
without allowing a run. Kershaw on the year is now 4-0 with a 1.8 ERA. If we're looking for any sign of optimism here, going up against Kershaw. He's been much better on the road. Not that he's been terrible at home, but on the road so far, Kershaw is 3-0 with a 0.47 ERA. And at home, he's a terrible 1-0 with a 4.09 ERA. Obviously, a 4.09 compared to a 0.47, a hell of a lot different, but it's only one game at home compared to three on the road, you look at Kershaw in his career against the Philadelphia Phillies, 4-6, and six, a 2.76 ERA. Uh, he's held Philadelphia Phillies hitters to a 220 average and 625 OPS. The Phillies will give the ball to Kyle Gibson, who's been better at home this year with a 3-0 record and 1.93 ERA at home. On the road, Gibson's 0-1 with a 4.2. ERA. Gibson is 2-0 in his last four starts. The Phillies overall are 3-3 three three in the six starts from Gibson this year. Gibson has allowed just four earned runs over his last 16 innings of work with a 2.25 ERA. So Gibson's been good uh, against the Dodgers in his career. Gibson's 0-3 in three appearances, two of them starts, a nine-flat ERA. He's allowed four home runs in 16 innings. It's going to be Kyle Gibson's first ever career appearance in Dodger Stadium. Um, Dodgers are on a two-game losing streak after dropping the first game against the Phillies on Thursday night. It's just the third time this year they've lost two straight games. They haven't lost three straight games since July last season. They have Kershaw on the mound tonight. I am not betting against the Dodgers here. This is maybe a live, live betting opportunity. Uh, if I had to give you a pick on the total, I would lean with the under, uh, but I'm staying away from it. One word, Kershaw. That's my betting advice, and I'm sticking with it. Give me a follow on Twitter, at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E. You can find links to each and every episode, as well as a link to all of our uh, platforms that the podcast is available to you on. I hope you guys have a great Friday. Hope you have a great betting weekend. Enjoy your weekend. Plenty of action to take in. Plenty of betting action uh, throughout the weekend. I will try and put out one more episode over the weekend before we get into next week. Monday, Sixers season is over. Plenty to discuss now throughout the offseason and throughout the summer. All right, until the next episode, everyone, you've been listening to the Philadelphia CityCast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Peace. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the entire baseball season. Place a three leg, same game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Presented by Bet Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler.